Welcome back, everybody, to the Green Logout Podcast, episode number 112. My name is Brad. I'm joined as always my dear friend, co-conspirator, partner in crime, Austin Loop. Austin, how you doing, man? Well, hello there, everybody. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Doing, doing good. Well, we're excited to be back. Uh, it took a couple weeks off, and we're excited to be back. We're going to start um, doing just some fun stuff here in the next few episodes. Today, this episode is going to be kind of a shorter one, I think. We're going to talk to um, Austin's pastor. Uh, is it Dr. Joseph Spurgeon? Joseph Spurgeon? No, no, no. no. It's just uh, <laughs> Pastor Joseph Spurgeon. Pastor Joseph Spurgeon. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah so we're excited to join him. Uh, this Today on this episode, we're going to discuss uh, his experiences in Israel. I'm going to let Austin kind of explain a little bit what's going on, and then we'll let uh, Pastor Spurgeon take it away. Yes, so... Uh, Pastor Spurgeon from over at Sovereign King Church in Jeffersonville. Uh, my family and I, we've been going there for the past, oh goodness, uh, I want to say four four months? Yeah, four, four or five months. Four or five months, something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going through new members class, and so it, it's been pretty exciting, um, pretty grueling, which is pretty cool. Um, so getting, getting involved in church and... Um, our pastor, so Spurgeon, he went to Israel, what would you say? Was it about four months ago? It was at the beginning of June, the first week of June. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, the, just kind of opening the floor to you and a, explaining to us why did you go there, what was the reasonings, uh, which I, I want to go next year. I think we talked about that, <laughs> which would be very cool. But yeah, uh, just yep. what happened? Well, why was the reasoning for for you going to Israel? So you know, I, I've I grew up in the church. I'm a covenant child. I've grown up in the faith, reading about Israel, the places of the Bible, and so it's just always been a kind of a, a dreamland in a sense. You have all these pictures of your places of the Bible in your head. And so I've always wanted uh, to go. In fact, um, I actually still do this, even having been there. But I, I watch videos from different locations of in Israel, the places of the Bible, different accounts happen. Trying to get my just a mind to see the different things. And so I had, oh, probably for the last two years, been really watching that, wanting to go. And there was a guy named Daniel Kearney, who's a missionary in Nepal. There's a lot of street preaching. We've done street preaching. We pray for him. We we support him in our church and his work he's doing. I had seen in previous years that he's gone over there and done street preaching throughout Israel. He's not just going as a tour, but as a for evangelism, proclaiming the gospel. And so I, you know, I had talked to him previously about that. Well, he came stateside and visited back in, I want to say January. And I just happened to mention to him, man, when you're going back to Israel, I'd like to go with you next time. Yeah. He's like, okay, that'd be cool, man. And then like a week later, he sends me a message. He's like, we're going in June. You coming? Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I was, I told you I would come, but I was like, I was kind of half, <laughs> half, half serious, serious you know? yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and here it is, man. And, and then Pastor Jerry Doris from uh, Reformation Church of Shelbyville, another local church here, was like, uh, we're, we got some guys going too. And I'm just like, well, I've been praying about this, thinking about this. And so I actually, I, I prayed and I said, God, if you want me to go, um, 
I need to raise the funds. So I'm going to put a fundraiser on Facebook. And if, if you want me to go, you'll do this miracle and I'll have this funds raised in like a week to be able to go put it on there. Like two days later, the whole trip's funded. Oh my goodness. And, and so just different people gave for one of the things we're going over there was to uh, preach at uh, the largest gay pride event in the middle East and, and probably Asia. Wow. So um, one of the largest in the world in Tel Aviv. We 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 nicknamed the the land the unholy land. Oh, <laughs> so it's it's um, funny, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Just for geographical reference, how far from um, the you know the actual Holy Land is Tel Aviv? So Tel Aviv is in Israel. So it, it's uh it's the capital, the federal capital, national capital of Israel. I think uh, Jerusalem is. Well, I, it, I know um, that uh, the, the embassy recently got moved to Jerusalem, but uh, um, Tel Aviv is kind of like the business capital. It's like the New York of Israel. It's right okay. on the coastland. So it, it's all part of that that region there. Gotcha. Uh, not, a lo- not a lot of, I don't think necessarily biblical things to think about in Tel Aviv, but, uh, uh, you know, it was about an... I want to say 45 minute bus ride from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I just can't imagine. Also, I think, I don't think my mic is working, by the way. Let's, Let's see. Check, check, check. Yeah, my mic is Yeah, you're fine. No, it's not. Oh, you're I'm, I'm picking up, picking from, up mine. from you. Yeah. More technical difficulties. It's fine. Love it. Now we're, now we're, now we're cooking. Helps if you plug it in the whole way. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll reset. Um, so I can't imagine. I mean, just looking at like the pride parades that we even that we see here, even in America, the intimidation factor to go and preach to that. Oh yeah, would be huge. And just the amount of scrutiny you would be under, and 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 the amount of slander you would inevitably receive from, from just doing that, even here in the states. I can't imagine what it would be like as an American going overseas to do that it's got to be i would think a little bit more intense but i i was actually quite nervous about so you know as i told people to I, as i jumped into going and then a lot of people were like what in the world are you doing man this is crazy <laughs> you're, you're this is nuts like this is dangerous there's terrorists everywhere because that's the way our media proclaims that everything's terrorist everywhere and it's so dangerous actually Getting over there, I, there, there, there was never really any moments that I felt uh, unsafe. Uh, much of Israel is uh, first world, just like us. So there were places that were just like being in the United States. And then there were places like that would felt like you were stepping back in time. Like mm. Jerusalem is one of those. Jerusalem has the area where uh, there was, we call it uh, Zion Square, which we did some preaching at. And actually that was the place maybe where people got the most angry. But uh, in fact, Jerry Doris took a punch for me there. Oh wow! I was preaching, and a drunk dude came and and punched. It 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 it, it sounds more intense <laughs> than it is. Okay, because I've experienced that stuff here in the United States. So yes, my initial thought was this is going to be nuts. But actually, um, the the speaking of the Pride Festival, I, I thought of it as astroturf, and I don't know if you know what that means. You ever heard of that politically? 
you have ground roots, then you have astroturf. So ground roots is like organic up from the bottom. Astroturf is usually like a top down. Somebody's trying to do something. And that's what it felt like by the, the pride event. There were probably 150,000 people that went to it maybe, but I would say I don't, I did not see, I have pretty good gaydar. I didn't see a whole lot of what I would call homosexuals going to it. Yeah. Mostly some immodest women and other people just wanting to see what the heck is this all about. Hmm. And that's why I said it was kind of astroturf. Like it, it was, it was interesting. Oh, one of the things that was interesting about it was that it was on a Friday and they have strict Sabbath, they call it Shabbat laws. Right. So uh, sundown or beginning evening, evening on Friday evening, Shabbat starts. And that means all public transportation stops. So they, they're going to have their pride event, but they got to make sure they stop it for the Sabbath. <laughs> of course. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that was pretty indicative, I would say, of the entire trip of just this weird um, juxtaposition of the places where God has worked in history with God's people, with even the places where Jesus was crucified, where he ministered, and also a, a very religious Orthodox Jews juxtaposed with the fact that actually the majority of the Jews in Israel are very liberal, secular humanists, not even believe in God. And so they even look down upon the Orthodox. You, you see the guys with the black hats and the suits and stuff. And so they're looked down upon, um, they're called, they, people consider them freeloaders because they, they often are excused from the draft. Like every young person has to serve in the military, male and female, except for them. And mm. they also sometimes are subsidized by the government so that they can uh, study the Torah, study the, the scripture. So the other people can consider them freeloaders. But you have this weird juxtaposition of this very religious place with a lot of wickedness going on. And, you know, they, they, they slaughter children a lot, like abortion mm. is very well protected in Israel. And then you had the promotion of homosexuality. And going back to that place I told you about in Jerusalem with the, where I almost got punched, what caused that is there were a bunch of Orthodox Jews, the, the religious kind there. And I'm preaching and pointing to a gay flag that's hanging from a building. And I'm like, you guys talk about how religious you are and you wear your long tassels and, and uh, it's very external while you're promoting the very thing in this city that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah over. Yeah. And so that was kind of the, some of the things that we, we mainly talked about that what I took away from there, uh, the main takeaway I took away from Israel was we must have heart religion and not just external. Mm. I, I think we got to have both. Actually, I think the heart should shape what happens externally. But uh, the Jews have a lot of admirable things externally, but they didn't have faith in Christ, didn't have faith in God. And so it's this external religion. Just so much of the scriptures came alive to me over there, re excuse me, regarding that. Um, you remember Jesus talked about them lengthening the tassels and mm. and doing their deeds to be seen, and I, and that was very much that. Like even the, the, among the Orthodox Jews, you see that like 
who can have the longest beard are these pearls <laughs> on the side of their thing and and they have these fancy hats uh um oh, made the big furry fur. ones yeah yeah and um i asked one of them like what is that and he told me the name um can't remember off the top of my head right now but one of the things he was really excited to tell me about was how much it cost oh wow <laughs> so it was like probably close to ten thousand dollars oh my goodness it it might be the most expensive thing that they they own oh my goodness Insane. wow it it, yep. it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong but the orthodox judaism over there and then the americanized christianity over here where they're adopting these principles that are completely contrary to scripture even their own they, well, they use the old testament if i if i'm right still the torah yeah the torah and they still are allowing you know things like homosexuality and and the transgender movement they're allowing those to infiltrate their religion as well i mean we're seeing that in our churches today and it sounds like just from what you were saying that you're you're seeing that in Judaism as well this this secularization yeah. of the religion yeah so again you have to separate over there the two groups you have the orthodox they would be completely opposed to it which okay. is why they were so angry at me pointing that out that that was being celebrated in their land gotcha because okay. they're they're extreme they're kind of a minority right now though they're really the only ones reproducing so there's a big they're almost like the Amish the Amish are having lots of children. The Orthodox have lots of children, and so the uh, the secular Jews are very up in arms. And right now, actually, in Israel, if you turn on the news, there's a, a big brouhaha brewing about stuff about the, the court systems, and and it's like this battle between the leftist and the rightist, just like yeah. in our nation, and um, and so the the orthodox jews usually are somewhat apolitical and yet they've been defending more the what we call the right wing of the things over there and so it's very it's that there's that very similarity there the the secularist jews accept all the 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 wicked stuff but the the conservative jews while having big families a lot of things that were that are admirable um i i appreciate that they want to maintain their culture and they even that it influences how they dress and all that they still don't have jesus christ yeah and that's the saddest thing let me tell you uh let me tell you about one of the coolest things that happened there can i do that yes okay so uh you know we would go out street preaching at different locations and one of the places is called the western wall um this is the the leftovers at the very bottom of it somewhere of king herod's wall the retaining wall that would have been right outside of where the temple would have been right up on top the temple mount that's where the the rock of the dome and all that stuff is and so this is the bottom of this is where the retaining wall from that period would have been and it's really the closest the jews can get to to being on top of the temple mount that's controlled by the muslims so this is the place their holiest place and all uh their religion yeah. And um, speaking of which, let me just say real quick, because you said they, they follow the Old Testament. Yes and no. Actually, they mostly follow the rabbis, which is tradition that mm-hmm. really isn't quite based on the Old Testament. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Judaism, in one sense, we think of it as, in our mind, we tend to think of it as Judaism was going along, then Jesus showed up. They rejected Jesus, and so they just kept doing Judaism, the same old Old Testament religion. 
That's actually not the case. When Jesus comes, he's the continuation of the Old Testament, and the rabbis are coming up with these traditions, and then the temple gets destroyed. And they're, they're, the modern Judaism really is developed after Jesus comes, after the destruction of Jerusalem, and is really built upon these rabbinical teaching and a lot of traditions that come way later, like all the, the black hats and all that stuff. That's from like the 1800s. Yeah. And so um, it's not the Old Testament religion. Yeah. But anyways, that aside, great place, the, the Western Wall. We go there. Daniel Kearney's kind of crazy. He likes street <laughs> preaching, crazy places. You have to go through security to get here. I mean, this is like anytime something happens here, it makes international news. So he starts preaching maybe for 30 seconds. And they yank him out of here, man. They're like, you got to get out of here. Oh, my goodness. We're not putting up with that. So the next day, Jerry Doris and I, it's the end of the day. We've done some work. We go out to eat in Jerusalem, the old city. And it's getting dark. We got to make our way back to our room, and we kind of get lost. We're not not completely lost. We're just trying to follow our GPS. We're not getting very good service. And so we're walking, and this Jewish woman, I think she was from New Jersey originally, saw us, and she's like, well, you guys look like you can use some help. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Where are you going? We're trying to get back to our the, 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 the gate, um, Damascus Gate, where we were from. Uh, where our hotel was. And so she said, well, follow me. I'm going to the Western Wall, and there's a straight shot to your gate straight from there. And so we follow her. We're talking to her, and we get to the Western Wall. And uh, we're getting ready to go down back to our thing. And Jerry and I were like, you know what? We only got like 30 seconds to look at this thing yesterday. I know it's like 10 o'clock at night, but let's go over and just take a look at it. And we do, and there are a ton of these Orthodox Jews there. You would not think maybe that late at night, but they're just coming. And then they're, they're like more and more and more were coming. I have my camera out and, or my phone out and I'm recording it. And they have this little hand washing station where they're washing their hands and the ritual uh, purity. And one of them sees me and he's like, you know what we're doing? And he explains it to me. And he, uh, he says, you know, what's happening? Super giddy, man. Super excited. He said, uh, the Rebbe is coming. The Rebbe is coming. The Rebbe is coming. Huh. And I'm like, who? who is that? He, so you have rabbis, but the Rebbe, he's like the top dog. Like he's kind of like their pope, if you want to put it that way. Huh. And they're like, he's going to drive in in a car, which was crazy. They would let him drive in in a car or a, like a limousine type thing. And he's going to drive in. Something about his son had just gotten married and he was going to come say a prayer. And so this was like a rare opportunity. And... So they're all excited, and there are probably, you know, thousands of these Orthodox Jews there. Wow. Jerry Doris is there. He's wearing black, so he's kind of matching the rest of them. I'm wearing a red Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and a cowboy hat, okay? Yes. Yes. I stick out like a sore thumb. They don't even know because they are just running around. They've got these plastic chairs. That they're stacking up. The form almost like a, a stadium type thing, like a big U shape where they can stand progressively. They stack them higher up and like make themselves like a, a like some kind of stands to stand on. Yeah. And uh, and and so like some of them are standing on chairs ten high. Oh my goodness! These plastic chairs. Just trying to get a view of them. 
and just trying it's like Zacchaeus trying to get a view and they're going crazy I'm standing at this gate which was like a really good spot and all of a sudden they are like surrounding me like there's like I have uh, uh, I'm, I'm there and there's probably like 50 Jews all around me at like three layers deep I'm in the middle of it oh in my red shirt Jerry Doris is cracking up because I can't get out. <laughs> I'm stuck there. And they're not even paying attention that I look different. He takes pictures. Actually, Jerry Doris sends me this text saying, um, do you want to preach the gospel? And I'm, I wrote him a text saying, do you want to be the two witnesses? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we're about to do. Uh, and, well, anyways, the Rebbe comes in in his car. And he comes in to the to the wall, gets out, and they're like, it gets deadly silent for a moment. And then all of a sudden, they all start singing. Oh, wow. And it's bouncing off the walls. And it, and it's all mostly, it's mostly men. There's a section for women. They, they worship separately. But it was just like this eerie, cool, haunting sound just throughout the whole region there, bouncing off the walls. And then... Um, we're watching, taking lots of video. I mean, there's just thousands of them. And then he gets back in the car. He didn't say anything, gets back in the car and starts to drive away. At this point, I got a little claustrophobic from being in the huddle. So I kind of moved to the side. They are chasing him in this thing. They're like running and they're super excited. And it's at that point that one of them finally is like, wait a second. What is this dude here in a Hawaiian shirt and a cowboy hat doing here? Like at that point, they had been so giddy about this, they had forgot. Like I was the only non-Jew guy there, other than Jerry. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you doing? Where are you from?" <laughs> he's like, "Are you from Texas?" I'm like, "No, I'm from Indiana." But he he was a, he was from New Jersey. Okay. This guy was, and so we get talking a little bit and. We actually end up trading hats. He wants to wear my cowboy hat. Yeah. So um, I let him wear my cowboy hat, and he lets me wear the Jewish fedora. And we got a good picture of that. <laughs> but here's the coolest part. So all of that was pretty cool to begin with. Coolest part was he asked me, are you a Jew? No, I'm a Christian. Oh, well, I don't understand how you guys can worship three gods. Mm. We, we don't worship three gods. Door opens. <laughs> the door opens. And from there, for about an hour, at the Western Wall, their holiest place, Jerry Doris and I walk about a group of about 50 Jews from the Bible, through the Bible, pointing at Jesus, starting in Genesis. They actually ran and got their Torahs, their little copies of the Torah in Hebrew, and we were doing, uh, I don't know if you know what covenant theology is, but basically that's what we were doing, mm. walking through all the promises. We started with Adam and Eve, like the seed of the woman shall cross the head of the seed of the serpent. And we walked through, we walked through the promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then Moses. We, we walked through uh, the promise to David, Psalm 2, and... Um, they're just like going every passage and we're just like there. And, and this was not planned. Like, you know, we had planned the other street preaching, street preaching thing. This was not planned. Mm. It was just God threw this in our lap. 
And we were doing it in a place just like the day before just saying Jesus got us kicked out for like after 30 seconds. Yeah. Here, they're excited and they want to hear more and more and more. And they're like, we're we're debating some of it. We're going back and forth and debate. And they're like, they had some good and serious questions. One of them was like, Jesus can't be the Messiah because, you know, the Bible says if a prophet comes teaching you not to follow the law, then he's a false prophet. I'm like, wait a second. Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill them. He said, if anyone were to teach anyone to diminish the least of them, they would be least in the kingdom of God. He didn't come to do that. Well, then they said, well, why don't you keep the Sabbath? And I said, I do. I keep it on the Lord's day, which is Sunday. And they said, ah, see, now you got it. He changed the day and and all this, that's wrong. And I said, well, let's go in the Old Testament and look at where it talks about the actual Sabbath. And let's see that there were actually days called the eighth day in in the Old Testament. And some of those promises about there were Sabbaths that happened on the eighth day. So no, it wasn't necessarily always Saturday. And some of those were indications of something in the future. In particular, Ezekiel um, talks about that. And so I read this passage from Ezekiel about the eighth day. And I'll never forget the look on their face because they said, that's for when the Messiah comes. And I said, well, he already came. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, um, I said, now, not only did Jesus fulfill the Old Testament, he actually prophesied truth. Because you go back to the other test was, do they prophesy true things? And so Jesus foretold of the destruction of Jerusalem. When did he do that? Well, here in Matthew chapter 20, uh, uh, 24, and I said, um, I know I'm in your holy place, and I know this could easily be offensive to you, and I thank you for letting me share all this with you, And but would you let me read this to you from the New Testament? Have you ever read the New Testament? And they were like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, wow. So I, I backed up to Matthew 23, because Matthew 23 Jesus rebukes the Pharisees for their externalism, for everything just being about their long tassels and the, you know, the straining gnats and all that. Yeah. So I read through that and I could see the look on their faces like, oh man, this is intense. Oh man. Got to Matthew 24 and started reading that. And then one of them said, he's just quoting from the Old Testament. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> but he's foretelling of the destruction of Jerusalem, that, that, that wall you got there, none of the blo- blocks, even the bottom blocks, none of them are part of the temple. There's actually not a block left on that temple. And that's because you guys have rejected your Messiah. Oh. And you're looking for one to come, but he already came. And and so I, I said, I know this is offensive. And I said, but here's the good thing. Here's my hope. I know you think of this as crazy now. My hope is that I believe the scriptures teach that one day all the nations will bow before Jesus. And that means you Jews, God's going to open your eyes and you'll see and you'll bow. And they did say, they said, yep, that was the most offensive thing you've ever said. You've said. <laughs> all this, because I was basically saying that they were blind and that, yeah. but that they would one day worship Jesus. And, um, but it was at that point, some Jew that didn't know English came, but he knew enough to figure out, hey, these guys are missionaries to be a missionary in Israel is like, that's the dirty word. You might as well be Hitler. All right. In fact, that's what they think. They think Hitler and missionaries are all that. And so he starts barking like a dog 
missionary, missionary, missionary. Mm. They tell him to shut up because they wanted to keep talking to us. Finally, this older rabbi came over and he just gave him this look. And it was enough. They're like, well, we all got to go now. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, man, it was so amazing. That was It was like after midnight. They actually wanted us to go away from the welling wall and continue the conversation. But uh, Jerry and I were like, well, it's after midnight. We've got to walk through <laughs> Jerusalem after midnight to get back to our thing. I'm a little nervous about staying out much later. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but we prayed for them and, and then headed off. So. That was probably the coolest thing that happened while I was in Israel. And just that, that, that God worked, that we had to see his work there and have like this experience and be able to, I don't know, just to see God working. And it gave me a great love for uh, Jewish people. Mm. You know, um, I despise what the Jews do in our country. Many of them are super liberal and they push for, wicked policies you have like the the um just the ones that control a lot of things and yet man god i think god's still going to um as he does bring all the nations bring them i think god's using the gentiles to make them jealous mm. and and i think that many can be saved it's not a, it's not this uh i hope i can use this without offending everybody but it's not like the dispensational like one day God's going to turn away from the church, and and now He's going to go back to the the Old Testament. No, I believe that uh, um, God's going to save Jews the same way He saves us, which is through the preaching of the gospel and repentance and faith in Jesus. And together, me, a Gentile, and Jews together are part of the one body of Christ. There's not two bodies of Christ; one body of Christ, and together we'll. Uh, whether we're Jew or Gentile, um, where we we are in a sense Israel. Amen. And, and for me, listening to this, it it always brought me back to what what Paul said in Romans, of um, preaching to the Gentiles in hope that it would make the Jews jealous and turn them back to God, and to to be able to hear these stories and. To, to look forward to God willing, I, I can go with you guys next year um, to, to be able to do something like that. Cause I'm like, I, I, I love that. That's awesome. And, and I, I'm sitting here thinking as you're telling the story, I'm thinking, man, just imagine years from now and you, you're entering into the kingdom of heaven and you see someone that you preach to because you have no idea what the results of that are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's that old Ray Bolt song? Right. Thank you for giving, <laughs> Thank to, the you for giving to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a life that was changed. Time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But I think of that. That was one of the first things that came to mind is like, man, the the idea that, that, you know, you pastor Spurgeon, you don't, you don't know what effect that, that, that 30 minutes to hour, two hours, however long it was, what kind of effect that had on those people and the seed that was planted and when it can be watered and, and when it'll spring and, and grow. Uh, and just, it's incredible. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Cause it's, <laughs> it's an incredible, um, testimony like it's just yeah you know my uh, results oriented brain is like i want to i really want to know if they responded but you may you won't oh, you might I not know, know that this side of heaven you most likely won't know that this yeah. side of heaven so uh incredible wow i have been praying for the people that we've we got to talk to let me let me give you one more story uh uh that's okay yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so this goes back to the gay pride thing. Um, there was a uh, a man that we met there. His name was Jonathan. So uh, when we were we, we first went to the gay pride thing, we set up right outside uh, the main entrance, and they were like, "You can't be here." The police oh. tried to push us away. We got a place for you, this free speech speech zone. And we're like, oh, great. You know, that's going to be like <laughs> where nobody can hear us. Actually, it was better than where we initially set up. Oh, wow. Because they put us in this plot where this bridge, where everybody that came to the festival actually had to go right past us. Wow. They just moved us. And we were actually in a better spot. So anyways, we're there preaching, and this guy comes up, and he's watching. And he uh, he watches for a little while, and then he walks away, and then he watches for a little while. And um, finally, I walk up to him, and he's like, dude, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, we're preaching the gospel. And and so we get talking, and and I said, "Where well, are you? Are you a Jew?" Yeah, but I'm not religious. You know, I, I don't, I don't care. He said he did tell me that, like at one point in time, he had almost become a Muslim. Oh wow! And and that he, but he got scared because he was like, "Well, once you become a Muslim, there ain't no going back." And it's like <laughs> he backed out. And um, but he's like, no, "I just don't believe in any of this, man. I don't, I don't know, man." I said, like, "Well, you don't believe in a God? Well, maybe, but like, not." not any kind of formal religious God, like, and then he, then he, then, then he's like, you know, how could God allow some bad things to happen? You know, if there was a real God, how could God allow bad things to happen? And we got talking and I'm just trying to chat with the guy to be friendly. Cause I know he's been listening and, 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 and I'm trying to look for open doors and that kind of thing. It's, it's one of the techniques that God's been giving me more. So is just be listening much. And, but he starts, I asked him, you know, I got a wife and children back home. You Are you married? You got children? No, no children. I, I had a wife. Oh, okay. Well, he was looked young and I was like, oh man, you got divorced. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, God killed her. Oh, I'm no. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, she, she died about five years ago, six years ago. And why did God take her away from me? You know, he's tearing up a little bit and you can tell he's angry. And then he says, you want to see a picture of her? And I said, sure, sure. Pulls out his phone. And he's like, I deleted every picture I had. I just couldn't look at it. I just saved one. And so he pulls out a picture and he shows me. And then he looks at me. He goes, you know, I'm lying to you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Are you, what are you, what are you lying about? This is not your wife. Your wife's not dead. Uh, you got are you just trying to mess with me yeah what? what's going on yeah and he goes seriously he says she's god didn't kill my wife oh she's not dead and he goes no i killed my wife oh wow i was like well, what do you mean i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it he says i was drunk and we were driving mm. and he just broke down crying man oh man he said, I'm lying about God. He's like, I did it. I did it. I deserve everything bad. And, you know, he's like, I'm angry at God, but I'm really just angry at myself. Mm. And we just got talking, man. I was tearing up, man. And I said, well, you know, God can forgive you and give you healing. I know he can't bring, he ain't going to bring that back. 
And so we got to share the gospel with him. And then I just said, Hey man, can I pray for you? You know, at, earlier at the beginning, you know, he wanted nothing to do with religion or anything. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can pray for me. And I said, let me pray for you right now. And he's like, wait a second. <laughs> I let you pray for me, but I'm a Jew. You're a Christian here. And I said, Hey man, I might never get to come back over here. I said, this would make my trip just getting to pray for you. Yeah. And so he did. He let me pray for him and I prayed for him there and he was tearing up, man. Oh, and, man. and I just said, Jonathan, you can have healing in Jesus, real healing in Jesus. And he thanked me and then, and took a track and, and a Bible because we were giving some of those away. And then he went off. So his name, Jonathan, I, you know, I, maybe he's one of the guys that we'll see in, in heaven. Mm. He's he definitely impacted me. And I've had him, I, 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 when you were, I just started talking to him, I had forgot his name, but I have, I keep a prayer journal. So I went and I can see how many times I've prayed for him since the trip. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, there was another woman named Yo, a very similar type account, but um, I will say this. You don't have to go to Israel to have these kind of encounters. Um, like oftentimes, we, I, I know it's very, as I'm sharing this, it's like, I know it can be exciting and encouraging. And maybe your listeners might think, wow, like I can never do something like that. Yeah, but you've got, you've got Jonathan's and you've got Orthodox and maybe not Orthodox Jews around you, but you got people that are, that think they're religious. Maybe they're secular humanists and their religion is wokeism or their religion is like how good they are and, and all their athletics and all their sports. You, you're surrounded by that same thing. And yet you have the same Holy Spirit that I have, the same Holy Spirit that opens those doors. Again, I didn't open that door at the, the Western wall, mm. but um, God used me because we were in a place to be used. We were willing to be able to do that. And I think if, if I would encourage all of the listeners, this is what you've been, you've been redeemed to make an impact. If you're a Christian, you've been redeemed to make an impact and you don't have to go to Israel to do it. Um, we need it here, man. We start sending missionaries to, to, Indiana and Kentucky and and wherever else your listeners are from, be bold. Share the gospel at your work, right? In fact, I know you said earlier that about it being frightening to me and doing street preaching being frightening. Let me tell you this. It's a whole lot easier and takes a whole lot less courage than it does to share the gospel to your friend and your neighbor. Mm. Right. That was easy. I'm not going to see those people again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They might punch me and then I can brag about getting punched, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, your neighbor needs the gospel and your coworker does like, and there's opportunities. Maybe you're okay. That's scary. Give me something that's a little bit less scary. All right. Here's something a little bit less scary. Get a couple good men, get your pastor and go out and go street preach, go uh, share the gospel like find wherever the people gather and go hand out tracks and then just pray for opportunities to have little conversations like that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. I, I'm getting into pastor mode, man. So you better <laughs> shut me up. No, this is good. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing a little bit with us. Um, uh, for our listeners, uh, pastor Spurgeon, he also has his own uh, podcast where he teaches as well. It's called the patriarchy podcast. Um, wh where are people able to go and listen to that? 
uh, anywhere. Go to the bathroom and get your <laughs> iPhone out and then type it in and <laughs> listen to it. I don't know. Anywhere you can catch it on your iPhone or your Android. You can go to YouTube. Uh, uh, you can go to Facebook, Patriarchy. Go to Instagram. All the social media. We have accounts for the Patriarchy podcast. But you just like Google uh, Google Play Store, wherever you get them. I don't know. Wherever okay. you get your, your podcasts, wherever you can get those things at. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It, if you guys are interested in a little bit more, he uh, goes in a little bit more detail in uh, his episodes there. So if you guys want to go check that out, that'd be awesome too. But yeah, thank you, Pastor Surgeon. We appreciate you your time and coming on and, and talking with us. Yeah. Be glad. I was glad to do it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening. Come back next week. We're going to actually have another conversation with Pastor Spurgeon uh, on Reformed Theology. So we're excited to, to dive into that with him and kind of start right kind of start going down that path of that, that little mini series that we're going to do so we'll see you guys next week um i'll i'll record a spiel at the end of this uh to add in so we'll see you guys next week thank in the meantime, you meantime stay, stay rooted, rooted. sweet <laughs>